here at Jericho Ridge. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, I uh, want to welcome you here. And uh, we're going to dive into looking at God's Word uh, together this morning. Now, in, in the 1920s, a gentleman by the name of David Mulligan frequently played golf at the golf club uh, just outside of Montreal in St. Lambert. And local folklore had it that David was notoriously late for his tea times. He would wake up late and then he would rush to try and get there and be prepared. And this would result in him being rather flustered as he stepped up to tee off. And so as he was flustered, he would uh, take a shot and then it would be a horrible shot. And so he would re-tee up his ball and shoot again. Now, he called it a correction shot. But his friends thought it would be more fitting to name the practice after him, and hence the origin of the golfing term mulligan, David Mulligan, at least according to the U.S. Golf Association, another yet again successful export that we have as Canadians around the world, the mulligan. So you may wonder, Brad, why have you brought your golf clubs to church this morning? I'm not in a hurry to rush off afterwards. In fact, afterwards we have a worship uh, and team meeting, and so if you're part of our worship tech or media teams or want to be, we're going to feed you and we're going to have a great time. Chris is going to lead that discussion, so don't forget about that and stay for lunch uh, with us. But I have brought my golf clubs this morning to Jericho because for the first time in our 11-year history, I would like to take a mulligan on my message last weekend. You see, a mulligan is a do-over. It's a second chance. And so here's my read on last Sunday, and yours may be completely different. I preached a long message, like way long, long for even me, and I like to preach long. 58 minutes last weekend. I listened to the audio again. I'm like, that's long even for me. So, which meant that our response time was rather short, really short. And the challenge is that as we move into this series, we're talking about unleashed and unleashing the gifts of the Spirit and what it is that God wants to do in us and through us in the lives of people around us. And so in the Unleashed teaching series, one of the things that we're doing is we're breaking apart or or kind of cracking open some conventionally held thought processes that you and I might have around the idea of spiritual gifts. And we're deconstructing ideas. And last weekend, I was working to deconstruct the idea that only uh, the people that are gifted as prophets then speak out words of prophecy in the life of the community. And so we looked at 1 Corinthians 14, where it says that we're all encouraged to pursue uh, speaking words of encouragement and strengthening and edification for each other. And so we talked about that. We may not all have that gift, but we can all at least talk about it and and step into it a little bit. Chris gave a story of his example in that. But we actually didn't create really any time for you to do that or to practice it. And some of us uh, need time for things to settle in. And there just wasn't any of that time. Because then we rushed on, we had a barbecue, we had a lot of good stuff going on last weekend, and that was all good. None of it was wrong. But we just didn't give it necessarily the time that I think we needed to last weekend. So we're going to take a mulligan on that one. And we're going to postpone our discussion and stories around the gift of tongues uh, to a later date. 
and we're going to go back again and take another look at the practical aspects of the gifts of prophecy. So we're going to take a prophetic mulligan on this one. All right, is that fair enough? Okay, it was like, I think last weekend, my experience of it, it was like we went on a hike. And we kind of walked past the hill called prophecy, and we talked about it, and we gave the shape and the contour of it from the scriptures. And I described it for 58 long minutes, and a few eager souls summoned it and explored, and the rest of us went, that's interesting, and just sat back and kind of uh, went on to the barbecue. And that's kind of inconsistent with our values and our preaching strategy here at Jericho, because our core values uh, is transformational truth. And so... We don't teach to inform. We don't look into God's word to sort of say, well, that was interesting. I feel like I know a lot more about that particular topic now. Our desire is to preach not for information, but for activation and for transformation. And so we just didn't get there last week. And it's not your fault. I was the one that was preaching for 58 minutes. So I apologize on that one. And so as I was just coming into this week, And just testing that idea with a few people and just thinking, I just don't feel comfortable rushing into this series. We're just going to kind of go to the next topic and then go to the next topic. Like We just need to sort of settle into it a little bit and say, do we want to kind of see and step deeper into as a community living and walking in what the Spirit has for us? Or do we want to just trudge along and get more information about all of these things? And so I don't want us to miss the mark. Also, don't want you to think we're going to spend two weekends on every single topic in the series. We'll be here till Jesus returns. But we're going to talk about the activation part of the equation uh, this morning. So fair warning, we're going to invert what we did last week where we had lots of talking and little time for action. And we're going to go heavy on the action part and less on the talking this morning. And we'll probably balance itself out over the two-week period then. And we're going to look through the latter part of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, because we looked at the first five verses last weekend, and that set some wonderful groundwork for us as to the why. And then the latter part of 1 Corinthians 14 talks about some of the how we would actually go about living this out. And so fair warning, I'm going to tell you right now what we're going to do. Normally, at the end of our teaching time, when we move into worship response, we have people at the sides and they have name tags on that are available for prayer. And if you want prayer, you go over and you talk to them and they're fantastic people. Katie leads that team, does a really good job. Uh, and the people on there have incredible hearts to listen and to pray. And so it's wonderful and that's super amazing. But today, we're going to do a little bit differently. And that is we're going to have our largest prayer Uh, response team ever in the sense that all of you are on prayer response this morning. You didn't know this when you woke up. You didn't know it when you walked in. Some of you are already freaked out by what in the world does he mean by that? I'm not going to do that. Um, What I mean is you all have a badge and you are all empowered to pray for other people. And so when we finish the teaching time, when we go into our time of worship in song, which Brad and Jody and the team will lead us through, if you would like to be prayed for, you're just going to stand up where you are And people around you are just going to pray for you. And so already some of you are like freezing up. And that's okay. We're just going to try this out. And we're just going to step into it a little bit more this morning. And so if you don't want people to pray for you, just don't stand up. But my sense is that a lot of you, that you may still get prayed for, um, but uh, the introverts among you are like, I I am not tracking with this at all. Uh, But... What we want to see is just a sense of trying out and creating a safe environment 
for you to begin to practice a little bit of what it might look like to be unleashed in this gift. Because remember, the gift of prophecy is not a big scary thing. It's just listening to God and then speaking out whatever it is that you hear for another person, which we talked a little bit about last week. And so the definition, I'm not going to re-preach the last two weekend's messages, but just to set the context for us again and remind us, prophecy is simply God speaking to us and then God speaking through us to another person. And so in the Old Testament, it functioned very, very differently than it does in our era. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is poured out into the lives of all of God's people. Those who name the name of Jesus, who are walking in submitted obedience in their lives to him and have called out to him for salvation. Then the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. And we believe that God is actively speaking today and so that your ears can hear him. And so prophecy is really just a, a revelation that something God has made known by his spirit can be a picture, can be a verse, can be an impression. And then it's asking, okay, what does that actually mean? What is, why is God saying that uh, to you for another person in this season? And so the heart of the New Testament's teaching on this and how it finds expression in the gathered life of the community of faith is at the end of 1 Corinthians 14. So turn with me in your Bibles or on your devices to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we talked last week about how this is a gift that can be used to strengthen the entire church. And the writer of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, gives some helpful guidelines that kind of function as a summary for the conversation. And so turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to start reading in verse 26. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. So he's summarizing all of verse uh, chapter 12. Chapter 13, which is uh, about love and how we would go about loving each other well. Let me summarize. When we meet together, so in a context like this morning, one will sing, check, did that already. Another will teach, check. Someone will tell a special revelation that God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what's said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So remember, the gifts that have been given are not just for your private encouragement, but for the strengthening and equipping and unleashing of the people of God to do the work that God's called us to do. So when he's talking about tongues, which we'll get to at another time, no more than two or three of you should speak in tongues. They'll speak one at a time. Someone must interpret what they say. If no one's present who can interpret, they should be silent in the church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Verse 29, let two or three people prophesy. Remember, encouraging, strengthening, and let others evaluate what is being said. But if someone's prophesying, another person receives a revelation from the Lord. The one who's speaking should take a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will have and be able to learn and be encouraged. Remember, the people who prophesy, people who encourage other people with words and things that God's given them for others, are in control of their spirit and can take turns. It's not a free-for-all, melee all the time. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So here Paul begins to talk about the outworking of what it begins to look like when you practice prophetic words and exercise faith with wisdom. Words are spoken out, they're evaluated, 
and people are encouraged because they recognize something is going on. It's not merely good advice being given. It's something divine that's happening. God is revealing his heart, and it's being spoken out to another person. And when it's functioning well in the life of community, there's a sense of naturalness to it. There's a sense of orderliness. There's a sense of peace and joy and love that accompanies it, which doesn't mean it isn't intimidating when you step into giving or receiving it. Because this is outside of a lot of our comfort zones. But remember how Paul starts his discussion at the beginning of chapter 14. He says, love should be your highest goal. Prophecy is driven always by love. By God's heart of love for you and for the people that you're speaking and in conversation with and listening to God on their behalf. This is why I actually think that there's a lot of you in this context that have prophetic gifts. And I want to challenge and encourage you to step out in them because you love well. That's one thing I, I just am so appreciative for that God has done here in the life of this community is that stirred up a deep sense of love for him and for each other. And so where love is present, then one of the things that can be poured out in great abundance and with a sense of freedom is that gift of encouragement and prophetic encouragement that happens. Because remember, in 1 Corinthians, when Paul steps into his conversation on this, he says, you want to be eager, desire the ability to prophesy. 14.1, um, 1 Corinthians says, ask God for it. Say, God, would you give me this gift? And when he finishes in verse 39, he says, you should be eager to do this. And some of you today have a, have a deep skepticism about the gift of prophecy. Now, you would say, I'm not a cessationalist, but maybe you've never seen this gift handled well or appropriately, and you're suspect. You're suspect of the abuses that can come with it, because it can come with all kinds of abuses of authority. Maybe you've run, uh, seen people run around playing God in other people's lives, saying, thus saith the Lord, you should do this, you should move to Thailand at this such and such a day, and you think, whoa, 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 what's going on there? Some of you, and we're going to see in a few minutes, that embedded in this conversation around order some healthy instructions for testing. And in 1 Thessalonians, we're instructed, we've got to test everything that comes to us as individuals and as a community uh, that's under the guise or under the rubric of being prophetic. Some of you have lots of hurts and hang-ups in this area. And it's pushing some warning buttons for you already this morning. And that's okay. It's okay to sit with that. I'd simply say this. Don't be eager to avoid something that God has graciously invited to us to eagerly pursue. God has eagerly invited us to pursue the gift of prophecy, encouraging, strengthening, exercising love for each other in a supernatural way. And so don't be eager to avoid something that God is graciously inviting us to pursue. You may, this may be a new conversation for you, and that's okay. You may need to do more thinking, reading. You're an analytical type. 
that's awesome. You may need to listen again to last weekend's overly long message and get some context for it. That's totally fine. Um, at the Welcome Center, there's a five-page document that uh, one of my good friends, Phil Gertson, uh, has put together. And you may want to just grab that, take it home with you. It has like 21 things around the gift of prophecy and how to go about exercising it in a healthy way. And you may just want to mull that over more deeply. But in your process, in your healthy inquiry, don't despise gifts that God is pouring out and God's given to his church. Because remember from our discussion two weeks ago when we talked about and set the context for spiritual gifts, when we talk about prophecy and being eager to pursue it and asking God for it, it doesn't mean that everybody has this gift. Romans 12 says, if those of you who have a gift of prophesy, you need to prophesy in accordance with your faith. And so some of you, God's given a great measure of faith. And so it may also mean that God's given you a great gift to exercise faith on behalf of others and link that with prophecy. But some of you say, you know, I have a small measure of faith, and that's all right. Just step into it in the measure that God has given to you. And remembering in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's already said, you know what, it's the Spirit's decision as to how he chooses to distribute and to whom he chooses to distribute the gifts that he graciously gives. And so that's the Spirit's business as to whether or not you may or may not have the gift of prophecy. What I want to say to you is you may have it, but you may have not thought that you had it. And so just step into it a little bit and see. It's just as important to discover what your gifts are not as what your gifts are. And one of the ways to begin to live that out is just to practice it. And if it doesn't go great for you, take a mulligan. That's okay. This is a safe place and a community that would warmly receive you trying to step out and encourage other people in that way. Because here I think it is helpful to think in terms of my golf clubs. Some of you are frequent visitors to the links. And so we would call you golfers. You would wear that title with pride. You've got all the gear. You've got the right clubs. You know the angle and the loft on every wedge in your bag. You know it's appropriate to use it when you've mastered all the course around here. You're a golfer. That's great. You know, you, when someone approaches you, you would say, yes, yes, I am a golfer. Thank you uh, for asking. And then the rest of us who are just kind of duffers, we won't golf with you because we'll look bad. But, you know, I go a couple times a year. I have fun with it. I wouldn't be ready to wear the term, I'm a golfer. I enjoy swinging the odd club every now and then. And occasionally I make contact with the ball. The same is true with the gift of prophecy. Some of you have walked in this for a long time, and you'd be comfortable with saying, you know what, I feel like God's given me a gift that, that's prophetic. And that's wonderful. Others of you may say, I don't know about that, but at least I would be willing to try and take a swing at that thing. Some of you, God regularly speaks to you in pictures for other people, or you have a sense, and you want to share it with other people in the way that 1 Corinthians 14 uh, describes here, allowing it to be tested, doing it in love, and people are encouraged in their faith when you do it. That's awesome. Others of you may say, that's not a regular occurrence for me, but it's happened to me once or twice. So here's the point. When it comes to living and walking in the gifts of the Spirit, 
we may not all be those who regularly exercise the gift of prophecy at Jericho, but I have a firm conviction that there's more of us who could simply pick the club up and take a swing at it. And by that, I mean just saying to God, you know what, God, I'm, it's a simple but mysterious task of trying to listen to you and then speak out what it is that I'm hearing. Remember, last weekend we said there's two key things to know, and really only two key things when it comes to understanding and unleashing a prophetic gift. The first thing is you have to believe to receive. You actually have to have faith to say, okay, I believe, God, that you are giving me something to share with somebody. God wants to give you something to encourage, strengthen, and build faith in another person. Because remember, those are the three things that prophecy does. It doesn't chastise. It doesn't point out secrets in, in somebody's life. It encourages, strengthens, and builds faith. And then you have to be bold enough to share that with somebody else. And the person has to be a willing recipient. And both of the parts are challenging for us. Because some of us think, I have a hard time figuring out if that's God speaking to me or not. And so like a golfer, you may just need to get out on the practice range a little bit and take some swings at this thing. And so that's where we're going to head right now. And I'm going to give you some guidelines as to how we're going to do it. And then we're just going to open up the practice range and see what happens. So again, if you're a very detailed-oriented person, you may want to, during our time, get up, go over to the Welcome Center, grab your 21 points on the sheet and read it through. But if I went through all of them, I would be here 58 minutes and need to take yet another mulligan on this. So I simply want to say three things to help us create a practice range environment here at Jericho that's a safe place for you to give and receive words of encouragement for others. So here's three guidelines for prophetic ministry. The first one is just ask God. Just say, God, this is new to me. I see someone standing up around me. What is on your heart for that person today? What do you want to say to them? And if God doesn't give you something for somebody close to you, that's okay. Maybe he gives you something for somebody way on the other side. Then go and speak encouragement into their life. And if you get stuck, just ask God, God, what, what are you, what's on your heart? What do you feel about this person? Not, God, is there something that this person needs to do, that they're not walking in obedience, and so you're going to give me a prophetic word so I can just nudge them out their chair. No, prophecy, a lot of times it's like 90% love and 10% instruction. And so just keep asking God, God, what's on your heart for this person? What do you want to say to them? God may give you something, he may not. That's all right. And then if you're going to step into it, again, prophecy is for encouragement, comforting, and growing and strengthening people's faith. And so if you're going to prophesy and say something to somebody like that, before you say it, you need to ask, okay, is this encouraging? Is it comforting and strengthening to them? And is it going to grow their faith in some way? So that means it's going to be something positive. It's going to encourage. It may challenge them. It may be something for them to step into and begin to walk it out and live it out. But it's going to be something that is along those lines. And then the third thing is claiming certainty is dangerous and it's wholly unnecessary. And what I mean by that is some of you have experienced times in prophetic ministry where people have been running around saying, uh, I heard the voice of God for you this morning and it said that you should go to decaf coffee instead of regular or whatever. 
you know, starting any sentence like, God says that, and then with kind of a deep, booming voice and some sense of authority to try and, you know, add your gravitas to it, is kind of unnecessary. Because here's the thing. John 10, 27 says that as uh, when we live together under the wisdom and the leadership of the good shepherd, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They know what the voice of the shepherd sounds like. And so if you're giving someone a prophetic word, you don't have to manufacture what God's voice sounds like. And you actually, in a really encouraging way, can step into it and say, I'm not even really sure about this. I don't know if this is God or if this is just me. But again, if it's a word of encouragement, comfort, and it's going to grow somebody's faith, what have you got to lose? Just try it. And remember that the person who's receiving it, they'll know if it's God's voice speaking to them. They may need to test it. They may need to sit with us. They may need to wrestle with it. So you don't have to sort of claim infallibility and say, I am 100% certain that God told you this, 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 and this. Say things like, I feel that. I sense that. I get an impression that. You know, would that be all right if I share it with you? And then just step into it very gently in that way. And that also creates an environment where they can receive it with gratitude, but also they need to test it and begin to walk it out if that is something that God has for them to do. So we don't need to sing, you know, a whole, um, I'm going to ask Brad and the team if they would come up, and we're just going to step into this and trust that God wants to speak to some of you this morning. Now, some of you here this morning are facing incredibly challenging circumstances, and so sometimes what we'll do in a prayer environment is we'll ask you to come to the side, and you'll share a little bit about that, or for example, when Daryl and Jody, you know, when we were in the summer, and we were talking about wisdom in our series, we asked them to share and reflect where they were at. And then we began to pray into that and ask God for words of wisdom for that. This morning, I don't want you to say anything about where you're at. Because remember, it's the Holy Spirit who's going to speak to that person and give them a word from God for you this morning. And so, you don't need to sort of uh, describe the whole circumstance for them. God's going to give them a word of encouragement for you. And some of you are walking through incredibly complex and challenging and difficult sets of circumstances this morning. And so we just want to create an environment where you can stand up and have other people come and pray for you and encourage you. Maybe you need healing. And next weekend, we're going to actually uh, have a time where we're going to lay hands on people and pray for healing. And so my challenge in that would be if you bump into somebody this week who you know needs healing, then invite them to come next weekend. And we'll just have a team ready and prepared to pray for healing for them. But that might be you this morning. Maybe you have a circumstance in your life and you just say, I literally have no idea. I need to seek the Lord for this. Just stand up and somebody will come around you and pray for you. Maybe a little while, they may be praying with other people. And so don't feel any sense of um, nervousness about any kind of time lag, like, uh, that, oh, no one's come and prayed for me. Well, I, they probably didn't want to anyways. I'll just sit down. No, trust that the Lord's going to speak to somebody and they're going to come and you're going to exercise faith by standing up. And so we're not going to do anything that we don't normally do. Like I haven't said to the team, okay, there's a special set of songs that somehow needs to be or there's like a, you know, a Holy Spirit sound on the keyboard that when Ryan plays it, it's going to work ourselves into some kind of emotional state that then we're going to do prophetic ministry. No, they're just going to sing songs. Uh, and so if you want to just be a part of that and sing out, uh, these are songs of invitation and declaration for you in your relationship with God, just to say, 
God, I want to be in a place of humility and submission to you. I want to invite you to do something fresh in my life today. And so if that's you, remember, all you're going to do is stand up. That's your act of faith. And then the act of faith for those around you is to begin to listen to what it is that God's telling them to pray and speak out for you. And so we're just going to move into that time. I have literally no idea how it's going to go. We may need to take a mulligan on this one too, but we're going to have some fun with it this morning. Um, I've got, we've got our community discernment questions uh, from last weekend. And so uh, we'll just put those up on the screen. And maybe you want to take a picture of that and just keep it with you. Because again, when somebody um, is going to speak a word of prophetic encouragement into your life, you're going to want to test it. And these are the questions that you would begin to ask of that. Does it align with God's heart and his character, what we know of him? Does it build up and strengthen and all of those kinds of things? So enough talking by me. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're just going to step into this time and see how it goes.